I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. Oh my gosh, as I was looking over um, your bio for the for this this lovely conversation that we're going to have, I was so impressed by the fact that you're tackling something that I really feel is just kind of going unspoken, which is working moms, stay at home moms, childcare issues everything pertaining to the fallout of the last couple of years. And really, in my personal opinion, for the past 30 or so years, since um, women kind of went back into the workforce in the way that we have, uh, could you share with the listeners a little bit about who you are and how you kind of found yourself in this um, amazing world of um, helping moms really navigate these difficult things? I started out as a nanny. I was a nanny for over 15 years and uh, it was the time of my life, worked with so many different families, loved it. And uh, when the wind changes, as Mary Poppins says, uh, I decided to write a children's book uh, and I wrote a children's book called Nanny and Me. It helped children understand the transition of being cared for by their parents to be cared for by a nanny or a caretaker uh, to be used as a tool to help during that transition. And then after that, I started talking about a lot of childcare advocacy and family advocacy. uh, And that then kind of came to a screeching halt when COVID hit because everything changed about the way we lived our lives and uh, most importantly changed uh, our village. And that started me thinking about what the village actually looks like. How do we build that village? And people always are saying, I don't know what the directions are to the village. There's no phone number to call. So it started me thinking about, well, what if there were directions to the village? What would that look like? And so uh, during COVID, I wrote my next book, which comes out February 21st called Build Your Village. And it is exactly that gives you directions to the village. There's six different villagers that I created that you uh, identify with and that you also look in your community and identify who would be the right people for you in your village. Uh, And so now I'm really talking a lot about what village is, what community is outside of even just what it looks like for families with children, because even if you don't have kids, everybody deserves a village and a community. And so this book is for all ages and seasons of life. I love that. And, you know, um, I want to have a really heartfelt conversation about the fact, because this season we're really focused on what I'm calling unself-helping. I feel like we've spent so many years telling ourselves, you know, how we can live a happy life and all this and that. And then people are still finding themselves unhappy. And so one of the things that I've really found in the past couple of years is that the village I thought I had is not the village I no longer have. Mm. And I think that was part of the fallout of the pandemic. We started to realize, you know, what kind of people that we aligned with and who we didn't. And it was a really challenging time for a lot of people who, you know, thought they knew people, thought that certain people were their friends and their family, and then come to find out, you know, we were fundamentally different in a lot of ways. Uh, What are your thoughts about that? 
Well, there's a chapter in my book called When the Village Burns Down. And I know yeah. that sounds dramatic, but uh, I, I go through a lot of different examples of when the village burns down. And that could be someone who feels uh, during their divorce that they lost a lot of their normal friend group because sides were taken or they moved or whatever happens there. Um, but in your case, I think that's an example of it too, is you start to take inventory and you start to take a look around at uh, what people's values are. And perhaps they're not lining up with yours anymore. And it's not that they're bad people. It's not that um, you you don't respect those people anymore. It's just that maybe their season or reason for their place in your life uh, has changed. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think we as a society and you know, in our little villages that we have across the country or even globally, we don't take a lot of time to do that evaluation or do that audit, if you will, regarding who's in our life and why they're there. And are they serving a purpose? Are they filling up my cup? Are they somehow depleting me? Uh, those are all questions that I think are necessary that we should ask ourselves on a more regular basis. But life is busy and we don't necessarily give this concept all of our attention or even enough attention. Um, this is exactly the conversation that I recently had on a podcast that I was a guest on, which is we need to take stock. We need to pause. We need to evaluate. We need to ask ourselves, are these people bringing me happiness or are they bringing me down? In what ways are they adding value to my life? And, uh, you know, sometimes people come into our lives for a season. And, um, mm -hmm. I think that what I have found is that, um, you know, somebody profoundly had told me when I was beginning my career that uh, if you're, you know, the top dog in the room, you're keeping the wrong kind of company. And I've found <laughs> this is so true. It, you know, if I'm surrounded by people that are eoring and woe is me and, um, you know, nothing's ever going to change and this is my life, it's easy to find yourself stuck in that narrative too you know, without being able to yeah. see the forest through the trees. And when you start to kind of, you know, invite people into your space that are killing it in spite of all the setbacks in life, um, you start to vibe up as well. You start to kind of lift and look at problems a little bit differently um, and see problems really as a, as a, as a way to grow and expand and push through, you know, a fixed mindset and things like that. I, I love everything you're saying. And I, I I agree with you about, you know, being the head honcho in the room. My dad, one of the best pieces of advice he gave me in business was if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I think that's aligned with what you're saying. And I, you know, I always joke and be like, I am never the smartest person in any room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never have to what, feel like worry about that. But the truth is, I think we get tripped up sometimes about that concept because it's not that you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with people that challenge you. You do want people that are maybe raised a different way, look at the world a different way, culturally different, perhaps whatever that might be. You know, there's it, it, there's a lot of ways to peel back that onion, and I think that's what we as a society also are having a hard time recognizing is that the differences hopefully do empower us. We do learn something from it. I always say that we are a mosaic of the people who 
surround us. And I look at even my friends from childhood or high school or college or even, you know, adulthood. And why are those people still in my life? Why have we grown together? What is it that they provide me? And, and, and what do I learn from them on a daily basis? How do they challenge me? Like I said, but it's also funny because you look at yourself and you think, okay, I've taken pieces of those people. And that's what becomes the mosaic inside of me. So I go to that mosaic piece over there that's, you know, my friend from grammar school that teaches me about discipline, that teaches me about motivating myself, or I go to that friend from college that teaches me how to show up for people. It's just interesting to me as we actually start to do this evaluation, like I said before, how we really are the sum of these parts. And it's really important that we're making smart decisions about who these parts are. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about Kintsugi. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a it's a Japanese clay art. And what it does is it takes all of the broken pieces and uh, you 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 perm, you know you put them together you glue them together and it makes the most beautiful art ever and i you know as you were talking i was kind of picturing all these like broken shards when put together can be so beautiful um and powerful too because those sharp edges uh, over time they start to soften and and you start to kind of settle into it that's really profound i love that i love um, image too. Oh my gosh, that's exactly it. Isn't that beautiful? And I it love is. image also of softening those edges too, because gosh, don't we meet those people in life where you're like, I've learned, you know, to have a softer heart or be more forgiving or be more accepting because that person taught me a lesson. I just love that. So true. And so one big change for me over the past couple of years was that I decided and I, you know, was, I had the ability to do so. I'm grateful for that. But I decided to homeschool my son from uh, the third grade when the world kind of shut down until now he's in the sixth grade. And that was such a change as far as the tribe and the village is concerned. I mean, you know, you go from this mindset and it was really interesting to see people that were so against it. Like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? He's going to be a weirdo, you know, but then meeting this community of, of uh, parents who, you know, have been homeschooling forever and dealing with kind of the branding of that. And it turns out that they're a fabulous community of people whose children, um, you know, have highly concentrated work times and then they get to do a lot of really exciting adventures and things like that. And that transition was really big for me. And now He's going into the seventh grade in the fall, and I'm actually, um, we're migrating him back to a more traditional school setting, but this time it's going to be a private school. And so, um, you know, this process of kind of weaving in and out of these different, you know, mentalities or mindsets or ways of looking at things has been really profound. And it's taught me a lot about how, you know, if we take hyper-focused time, we can be so productive. And, you know, I, I feel strongly that it's important for rest as well. And I think one of the things as a young mom um, that I struggled with was this idea that I, it was okay. I was permitted to have, you know, moments of downtime. And so this winter I found myself, um, you know, just enjoying the slowdown and the early nights and that it's okay to just cuddle for a few hours instead of, oh, we've got to do this and we've got to be at karate until nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And, you know, right. Yes. I, I love that you said that, that that phrase, slow down. You know, that's one thing that I, I discussed a lot with a lot of different moms specifically about keeping up with just 
everything on their plate. And one thing I think that has contributed to why not even just moms, dads, I think everybody, uh, it has contributed to how we compare ourselves in this world is social media. Now, I will never condemn technology. I'm on it. I I, I love it too. I, I love to keep up with my friends and family. I utilize it. But one thing I think that has happened because of of social media is there's almost a subconscious comparison that we are making to people. And then we wonder why we feel depleted. We wonder why we feel empty in some ways or jealous or all, all these real emotions that are authentic and we shouldn't be afraid of admitting. But we wonder why we feel that way sometimes. And sometimes the answer is more simple than we think. And maybe it's our phone, you know, doing that endless scrolling or feeling like, you know what, all those moms seem to make that holiday so special for their children. And I could barely get myself to get those pumpkins out on my porch or even carve pumpkins for Halloween or get the costume. You know, I had to rush it for, through Amazon. I couldn't make it myself. I, you know, wasn't making it a magical Christmas or a holiday, whatever you celebrate. And, you know, you start to go down that road of condemning yourself and that you're not good enough. And you're less than in so many ways. And so I'm taking this down a different path, Michaela. So pardon me, but I just love what you're saying about slowing down and enjoying being present in those moments, because I think we often forget that our presence is the present and that is to be said during the holidays and, and also throughout the year. And when we don't put our oxygen mask on first and take care of ourselves, we are going to be unable to take care of everyone else. We're going to be unable to live a life in service of others in whatever way we feel with our children, with our friends, with our family. Uh, so I really think it's important what you're saying about taking that time to enjoy those moments because we can definitely get caught up in the race. So I'll tell you a funny story. When I was a kid, um, my dad, I was getting ready to leave for college. And my dad said, well, he was real sad. I'm, I'm a daddy's girl all the way. He ah. says, well, you're going to come home for the holidays and stuff and bless us with your presence, right? And I said, dad, I'm a starving college student. I'm not going to have money for gifts. <laughs> he says, no, your presence, not your presence. Oh, <laughs> so we still that. laugh about that to this day. Like he'll say, are you going to come over and bless me with your presence? Oh my God, <laughs> that's the cutest ever. Yeah. I <laughs> but, love that. But so this year I actually uh, took a totally different approach. I've been making some really big changes in my life. Huge, massive ones. These listeners have been following me through for some time. And um, I decided this year that I was not going to get caught up in the must do everything of the holiday. I decided that I was going to be very uh, intentional with what I chose to do. And that even included what I brought into the home as far as decorations and all of that. I, I opted to keep things very simple and just really have a lot more quality time that was very present and wasn't so busy with, I got to decorate the house. I've got to get the lights up. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. We did two things. We went and did a fancy pants cookie, a decorating class, like with the whole fondant thing. And we made ornaments this year, which we do every year, but this year we did air plants in glass bulbs that we can reuse in other parts of the house. And 
we, and that was all that we did. I didn't make 4,000 dozen cookies. I didn't do any of that this year. I didn't have the cleanup. I didn't have any of it. And I was able to just really enjoy the time that we had, which meant so much to me. And I didn't feel lacking at all. And prior to this, I was the mom, you know, the at-home mom slash psychotherapist for years that was like, all the things, you know, we're doing all the things. I'm making the costumes from scratch. Like you said, all of that, such a different approach this year. And I do not feel empty at all. I feel quite contrary to that. I feel very full, very complete. Um, and I don't see myself going back to that at all either. I, and I love that you're honest about the fact that you've experienced both. You've done it that way and now you've done it this way and you're able to make that comparison. And I think that's what a lot of people value hearing is that experience. You know, that that's, you know, you hate to say it, but it's true. The older we get, the more life experience we have and blah, blah, blah. You know, you have people say that to you and you're like, yeah, I know. I'd like to like stop learning so much sometimes. Right. Like, enough. <laughs> and I've had enough experiences. But what you're saying though, I think goes back to this idea of of simplicity and prioritizing and what does the magic really mean uh, you know, when it comes down to it. And I saw it, you know, of course, we learned so many things through social media. As of course, I was talking about it before. And now I'm going to say this. But I saw someone say once, and I thought this was so true, that Christmas to them was really just a mom that cared a lot. And that Yeah, was- I saw that too. <laughs> So I was like, that's so true. And I sent it to my mom and my sisters in a group chat. And all of us were like, mom, it's true. You did this for us. And so, you know, and, and, and the things that we remember about the way she made it so magical and truly she made beyond the holidays, she made so many things so magical for us. But, and, and, and it's not the way it was today. I have to say, you know, now you go to a one-year-old's birthday party and you're like, I'm at a, I'm at a, a full blown, you know, yes. kiss or that. And you're like, oh my gosh, is this what we're doing now? We have to keep up with this. And I can't, you know, it's crazy, you know, and I think about my birthday parties when I was younger and it was my cousins and, you know, maybe a bounty. And a cake from Costco. With, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we were happy as can be. And, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world, but I think, you know, it's the old school meets new school. We have to try to blend those worlds because we're not doing our kids any favors by not allowing them to experience the simplicity. So one of the big things is when I am spending time with my partner and he has three boys and then I have one. So together we have four boys. Um, you know, we stopped a long time ago trying to do too much. It's like, you know what, an afternoon at the park with the dog and the soccer ball and swinging on the swings is absolutely positively perfect. It's all that we need. And it that mindset shift has allowed us to have so much more space and relax and enjoy. And, you know, we're not running 52 different directions at any given time. And it's so nice. It's been so nice. And um, then there are times where we load everybody up and we're going to do the train trek to, to Tahoe. You know? <laughs> and, and that's crazy and fun too. Um, and then we come home and we're like, all right, we're going to detox from that for about a week. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's that's, perfect. That's- 
that's that's the point though is you know it ebb and flows it doesn't need to be like that all the time it doesn't need to be an adventure all the time and the reason I say that is because I really do believe children need to learn independent play they that is where they really do start to use their imaginations and I think that's one thing that is missing a bit from from uh, our you know the kids today because there's so much distraction in terms of technology and otherwise that it's not the same way when we grew up, Michaela, that people were, you know, go out, you know, telling you go outside and figure it out, you know, sort of thing, you know, and go totally out. concur. We talk right? about that all the time. I mean, we don't, I don't, we don't even have television. So for good us, for it's, you. you know, and oh it's like, like, I'm bored. I'm like, awesome. You're working. That's good. Go figure it out. <laughs> but not even having a team that that's huge. But the, the word, you know, the phrase I'm bored, you know, I remember saying that too, even as an adult, let's be honest. I'll be like thinking to myself, gosh, I'm bored right now. And how am I bored is what I want to know because there's always something to do is what I've learned. Like my mother growing up, there was always something going on, something to do. She had a project of some kind. And I think to myself, I need to be more like my mom because I certainly couldn't do a project. And why am I not doing that? Uh, you know, so, but it's true. Oh, I, I love to say to the boys, okay, if you're bored, here's your options. You've got tons of games and books in your room or I've got tons of cleaning that I could use some help with. (laughs) It's funny how quick they figure it out. They grab that football and they are at the park. (laughs) But you know what? They're the solution though, is what you're teaching them in that moment. And that's what we want kids to learn is if I'm feeling this feeling of boredom or even distraction or feeling sad or feeling whatever. We need kids to start being able to relate to their emotions and wonder, okay, what is it that I need right now? That question of what do I need? Of course, a two-year-old isn't going to know how to answer that question. But as you start teaching them from a young age about what they're feeling and being able to use their words to express that, uh, that's what they're going to start being able to go back to as they get older thinking, okay, you know, what? I can solve this problem. I, I can figure this out. And what you're doing with your kids right now too, your partners and your, and your, and your son saying, okay, you know, these are options. And eventually they're going to know what their options are that they're going to give themselves. I think that's beautiful. So let's switch gears for, for just a second and talk a little bit about something that I've been kind of pondering for quite some time. And we've had this conversation um, on this podcast before is this kind of um, devolving and evolving of the nuclear family system and the ways in which it's impacted women's psyche. At one point, my mom made a comment, this was years ago, and she said, uh, feminism did nothing for me, except I still had to do all my regular chores plus go to work. And And I was fascinated by that because at the time I was you know, young in college and, you know, learning about that world and kind of feeling like women's empowerment now as a mom who works and, you know, also, uh, you know, raises kids and things. I think, gosh, you know, my mom wasn't far off with that. Yeah. (laughs) I think she's kind of right. You know, we still have these expectations, whether society puts them on us, our partners put them on us, or we put them on ourselves. And I'll preface to say that my partner puts no expectations on me whatsoever, which I'm so grateful for. It's such a different change. But um, I think that it does happen, you know, where we feel like we have to go be, you know, bring home the bacon and also cook the bacon and put the bacon on the plate. Right. Right. 
Exactly. It, and, and, you know, I think, again, those challenges or those frustrations that we have as women uh, come from a lot of different places, right? It's never one thing. That's what I've learned in life. I don't know about you, Mika. I have totally learned that it, the problem is never usually one thing. It's usually, you know, layered. There's some other stuff going on there. And I think for moms specifically, they just happen to be the ones that are uh, carrying the most. They have the very full Thanksgiving plate of food and they just always do. And it just happens that that is the way we have constructed our society, or that's just kind of the formula that was created a long time ago. And we, we've strayed from it a bit, but not really. And to your mother's point, it just feels like, well, no one's taking any responsibilities away from me. You're just adding to it. And I'm, you know, just supposed to be able to, yeah. to balance all of this. And, you know, that's also an oxymoron. I think from a lot of people, you know, moms talk about this balance idea. I'll talk to them about balance. And I'm like, you know what, let's be honest about what balance is. Balance only happens when you start to look at the list of things that you have to do and you start saying, I'm going to do these three things. The rest is going to fall to the side. And yep, that's exactly what it's going to do. It's going to fall to the side and I'm going to pick up the pieces later, but I'm going to replace those things that I'm not going to do with those other things like, and maybe that's going to see my kid play in their volleyball game, or I'm going to have someone pick up my child from carpool today. Cause that's going to save me an extra 30 minutes. And I'm going to be able to like shut my eyes or read a book or call a friend or something like that, just because I know it's going to revitalize me. It's, it, that's what balance is. It's not that you're going to get everything done the way you want it done in the time you want it done. It's about making choices that are going to fill you up and prioritize the things that mean something to you. I like that so much. Somebody once told me when my son was young, um, if you want to make the most of this time while he's small, spend the most important time with him first. So whatever it is that you want to do or, you know, have as an experience, do that first, read him a book, sing a song, have tummy time, whatever it is, the rest of the stuff can come after. And that's how you can feel fulfilled. And I found that to be so true because the endless humdrum of things doesn't stop. The laundry is always there. The dishes are always there. The floor is always dirty. The beds always need making. That stuff doesn't stop. And you have a very small window to make an impact and have this quality time. Um, and, and if you wait until after all the things are done, one, the things are never always done. And then you're so exhausted at the end of the day that it's hard to, it's hard to give yourself fully. And I found that to be really such positive advice. And it doesn't work all the time. And then the other thing I found too is, you know, in working with my clients that come to me and say similar things, I say, it's okay to say, I can't. <laughs> it's, right. o- it's okay to pass. It's okay to say, thank you for understanding. I'm not able to pick up your kids from school today or whatever. The, the reverse of that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the second piece of that is I read a fabulous book called Simplicity Parenting. Um, and it was so, so enlightening. And it was so relieving to learn that, you know, we don't have to fill every single second with things. And mm-hmm. our kids will be just fine. As a matter of fact, they'll be better than fine. And I think that was very permissive for me when my son started to get to the age, you know, five, six years old, where it's like, oh, we have to do baseball and we have to do Tai Chi and we have to do, you know, book club and all the various things. Yeah. Uh, and and to not choose and to say, you know, I think we're going to pass on that this year. Thank you for understanding. And it it felt so permissive and so good to to not have to do that. 
I love that you're also honoring that, that it, 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 you don't have to say yes all the time. And I, you know, I think I kind of grew up a little bit and probably still am a bit of a people pleaser. And I, you know, never want to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, let someone down. But as I've gotten older, I'll tell you, I have started saying no more and it is quite it's invigorating. It's so empowering, you know, for sure. And, you know, I, I think I remember, and something's coming back to me now. I think I said no to going to uh, a birthday party or something like that. I had just been a very full week and someone was going to get together last minute. And I just, I had already in my brain thought I'm going to be in my pajamas. I'm going to just be, you know, doing whatever I want that night. Even if that's just staring at the wall, I'm going to do what I want because I need to turn my brain off. And I said, no. And that was very unlike me because usually I was, oh, I have to do it. They're going to be upset. I want to disappoint them. I don't want them to think I don't love them. I don't, you know, respect them. I don't want to celebrate them. And I said, no. And I think it really started to open me up to the idea that the people in your life that love you and have the relationship with you that you do that is a mutual respect, even if they're disappointed. And this is the hard thing, I think, for me to learn sometimes too. They're allowed to be disappointed that you're not going to be there. Maybe they'll miss you. But it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you're disrespecting the friendship or you're disrespecting them necessarily, that you're making that choice. Now, I don't remember what I said other than I couldn't make it. I don't think I said I'm just going to have a night in by myself and I'm choosing to do that versus come to your party. But I also realized that I didn't have to give enormous explanations anymore because I felt I did that too all the time, trying to explain my choices in such tremendous detail because I felt guilty. And I've stopped doing that as well. And that is, I have to, I agree with you about that. There is so much freedom in that. And I, and I think that to your point, you know, the over explaining de-qualifies our own narrative of ourselves. You know, if I right. over explain why I can't do something, then I'm ultimately telling myself, what I'm choosing to do isn't good enough. Right. That's yeah. exactly it. So well said. Love that. You know, Florence, this was fabulous. And I, I know this is going to be the first of many conversations <laughs> that we're going to have. I'm excited about so. your book oh launch. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to put all that stuff in the show notes. And um, again, thank you so much for taking time out to, <laughs> to spend with me and chat about this stuff. And I know that you're making such a positive impact in the world. Oh, I'm reflecting all that right back to you. What a beautiful way to spend the day with you. And thank you for everything you're putting into the world. It's absolute uh, light and sparkle in all the ways that we need it. So thank you. (laughs) And we'll talk soon. Take care. You too. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.